and what have you. I am Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we are. You can sense that we're just driving around already. Yep. And I, I'm feeling my recent stardom and <laughs> really going to my head. That yeah. my stardom of having been disciplined as I bet a child. You could, you could write a memoir. A memoir. The time. I also could write a memoir about the time that I threw away the sandwich I didn't want to eat and told mom I ate it and mom walked over to the garbage and looked upon the top and there was the sandwich and and did you know what else I got spanked for that I did I remember and you know what's funny I got spanked and it was the kind of situation that led to me not lying and deceiving my parents and it did not lead to me uh, being a broken shell of a human no it just led to you being more honest it led to me learning at the very least (laughs) some more nuance in my deceit (laughs) next time bury the sandwich next time don't put the thing right on the don't crest the garbage with the sandwich (laughs) the cherry on top of my sin oh anyways um, actually you know what Hmm. i think lying is it's just worth taking a moment to say shouldn't do that I Hmm. think there are a lot of people who have become way too accustomed to the fibs like I'm something of an aficionado (laughs) yeah yeah where it's and I'm actually thinking specifically of moms because I think that there's a lot of ways in which well okay when you're tempted to lie to cover up your own mistake or your own slip or your own embarrassment or your own whatever. I don't mean like you're going out with the intent to swindle people, but sure. but the quick lie that is just there to, to cover your tracks and make you not as embarrassed. Okay. Um, I think moms are tempted to do that on behalf of their children. Oh, yeah. You excuse, know what I mean? It's like excuse making, but excuse a lot of the time excuses making. are not true, which is yeah. the problem. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, it's important that you teach your children to not tell lies, but it's not enough to just simply discipline them for it. You have to not tell lies for On their them. behalf. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know that, like I said, I doubt, I doubt that many moms listening to us right now are out conducting large-scale campaigns of lies but there was a there was a um, quick like prevaricate was a friend of nate's that had took a son to a i can't remember what bass baseball camp like a high school baseball camp and um a prestigious baseball camp for people who are actually good at baseball and who are almost all probably thinking they have a future in baseball. Oh, he told me this. This was hilarious. The coach that was bringing them all in said, um, the coach (laughs) was like, none of you are going to be major league baseball players. If you were, the major leagues would have already told you. They would have already (laughs) known from the time you were 12 that that's what was going to be happening. Yeah. And he was like, and... If your mother has started asking you what else you're interested in, you've already been bad for three years. 
<laughs> I felt like that was a real word to mothers. He did. Well, because That's he said, a real word to mothers right there because a bunch of the boys all looked very stunned. Yeah. But he also said that it takes parents three years longer than the rest of the stands everyone to notice that else, you're bad. Everyone else and, knew. You know, that's great that we all want to see our children succeed and we think that they're yeah. good and that's that's all great. But what I'm talking about is like let's say your your child but, didn't get um their paper written on time and so you say I'll just call the school and tell them you're sick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. That kind of lie. The sort of like covering for your child when they are underperforming and giving them giving them the excuses. And I feel like that is something that you see in moms and you see moms covering up and telling the fibs for their it's actually children. really funny because one of the things that if you don't do that one of the things that you actually have the privilege of doing is being a comfort being an mm-hmm. encouragement yeah if you're making excuses you're actually heaping things onto them when you just let them go fail a quiz and then give them a big hug and be like what did we learn you know like Mm -hmm. we got to think ahead Mm -hmm. about our assignments and I love you and we're not worried about it and let's press on that it's a sweet relation you know like it still is a sweet or let's say that your let's say that your child's teacher called you to report that your kid had plagiarized or had cheated or you know something the kind of parent that immediately flies off the handle in defense of their child and like how dare you even insinuate like my child is honest they would never and then really are not even interested in having a conversation yeah. or whatever you are just covering now maybe the teacher's totally wrong you know like right. they might have completely gotten it wrong but the kind of parent who's unwilling to look there and unwilling to flip over that rock another country heard from um you're basically teaching your child to be a cheating liar and it's like what how how are your parenting goals being accomplished you know those when you're teaching them to be a cheating liar and it's like sometimes parents are guilty of you know the the very big difference between being repentant of your actual sin and being sorry that you got caught. Those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of parents who care less about the child's actual soul than they do about their their public persona. And right. so they are there to, to cover... Or they're just conflating public persona with the actual soul. Like they're actually just Maybe. thinking like Maybe. if we keep it respectable on the out here then that would be better okay i luke said something that i feel like is really um worth just really worth thinking about from many angles he was talking to somebody and just a situation the kind of situation where someone is like bothered in some way by some kind of wastefulness you know and luke was like listen go to the orchard if you go out to the orchard right now, what is all over the ground? 
yeah, all over <laughs> the ground is apples as far as the eye can see. Like, and is it because that is a faithless place where they're not having any fruit? Yeah. You know, it's like, no. And it, and it just is an interesting thing to think about because the reason I say this is because the harder you're working to be fruitful, the the waste and the things that you're not managing to avail yourself of start multiplying. Yeah. yeah. And and it's not that that wastefulness is the purpose ever because it isn't. Like sure. but but some level of wastefulness is a sort of uh absolute baseline of fruitfulness like yeah. to be very fruitful yeah. there is always some kind of a side effect of wastefulness and I was thinking about how many people want to judge the fruitfulness of their lives by if there's no waste there's nothing on the ground kind mm-hmm. of there that yeah. that would be like we've achieved something great here and it's interesting because the presence of waste, the presence of fruit all over the ground does not indicate that you've been faithful with the fruit or not. It doesn't, you know, like it doesn't, mm-hmm. there is fruit, but, but you don't know that you've actually stewarded the abundance of fruit well. Uh, but neither does the absence of things on the ground indicate an effective work either, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about how important it is that what you're looking at all the time is actually, but what are we doing with the apples? How are we, like, how are we tending the trees? Mm -hmm. What are we, and you think, you know, at the end of the season, like this season, who knows how much, you know, our little local orchard, how many thousands of gallons of, of ciders came out of that and how many pies and apple sauces and uh-huh. how many people actually like how much actually was done there but if you just go to do an inspection of what's on the ground yeah. you could be like this was an enormous waste like this yeah. is a um yeah i'm just bringing that up because i think it's one of those counterintuitive like there well, are a lot of places where the devil as the accuser really can get a hook into families. I mean, and I can only think of one time in scripture where there was somebody really concerned about waste and that person was Judas. <laughs> and he wasn't he, well he yeah. wasn't actually in it for the real good reason. He wanted the money he of wanted, the he didn't want someone to have just poured an expensive oil on the like mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Christ. He was like we could have done something productive yeah. with that. Well, but I will say there are a lot of people squandering a lot of things and and being fat and sassy and lazy bums, you know, and not actually right, but I making... think and I think that one of the things is though and this obviously you have to put a lot of qualifiers on this. If you are working really hard to bless your family and to mm-hmm. do your duties and to enjoy the gifts God's giving you and to turn a profit on things. And you're really getting yourself out there and working hard on it. Like there will still be some waste that will still happen. But the harder you're actually working, I think the more likely you are to be vulnerable to accusations like that, to be like the more you actually care 
that you're doing a good job? I know I've said this before, but I feel like the time when I am most tempted to get into a crank over the state of the mess in my house. It's when you've worked the hardest. right in the moment where I am actually working in it, trying to get it done. You know, like I can pass by the terrible upheaval in the pantry days on end thinking, yep, I'm going to get to that. Yep, I'll get to it. And I can be very mellow and patient in my spirit. But as soon as I get in there and I start pulling things out, then you start getting quite furious with who left the honey to ooze out all over the, you know, or whatever. When you want to yell out with Eunice, (laughs) have you no heart? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, that's the time where you're most likely to get into a, well, I am most likely to get into a ungodly snit is the moment where I'm actually turning to fix the problem. So it is true that like when you're focused on something, I think that's because you are of typically a zero to 60. You are probably your native disposition is to be all or nothing. I was starting to hear about this though. And she had a good insight where if you ask somebody, what is your failing? And they tell you, I just, I'm so humble and I'm so hardworking that oftentimes I don't know when to, you know, when to stop being such an overachiever. You know, like if, so, if, the, if that's somebody's actual the, self-report. Bingley's, Bingley's. Um, yeah, yeah, the humble brag. The Bingley syndrome. Yeah, but mm-hmm. if you say to somebody, what is your failing? And I because we were talking about this and I said, well, I am a horrible multitasker. Like I, I can get like into something and go deep, but it's very hard for me to like change gears in my mind quickly, you know, like Mm -hmm. switching lanes from one thing to the next thing. And she was like, now see, that's funny because I think what that means is that's the thing you're aware of and working on. And she's like, so when you, when somebody actually is like, okay, here's this thing. And yeah, I'm like trying a true, to figure a it true out. blind spot is one that yeah. you can't notice. Yeah, right. Yeah. But when you're like actually, when you're aware of your failing and you're slightly like frustrated by it, I don't mean in an ungodly way, but it's like, yeah. how can I fix this piece of me that is doing it wrong? then it kind of shows that's the thing you're working on. You know what I mean? And so I think, yeah, sure, I have the zero to 60 side of me. But I think it is true that if you are being bothered by the wastefulness of your life. That doesn't, yes. But I was saying that particular thing is not my, like for me, it would not be, I probably would be more bothered by needing to keep walking past it. Sure. That would be more of a problem. Well, that bothers me too. I'm just saying, I feel like I am, I am much more able to keep it in perspective when it is number three on my to-do yeah, yeah, list yeah. than when and it's on number but one. But I guess the thing I was thinking is with homemaking, with things like Christmas, with things like that, the fruit is not, the fruit is not like, it can be hard to see the fruit as tangible things when what you do see is so much waste. But and that's like, what I'm saying. Like if what you're seeing is the waste, then you're probably, if that probably is an indicator oh, right, that, that you're the working. thing that yeah, you're yeah, working yeah. on is yeah, I see what you're saying. right there. I guess I would just say that it's really important that Christian women 
have such a perspective, like generational big picture perspective when you are raising little kids on what the fruit is so that you do not start slashing things that would, you know, like you have little saplings coming up in your orchard and then there's a few apples dropped on the ground that didn't get used mm-hmm. correctly and you're like, that's it, mow them down. They're making a mess. <laughs> you know, like we tried to do Christmas, but all I could think about was all of the wrapping paper we put in the in the dump and we <laughs> yeah. aren't, you know, like yeah. just not having any perspective on how yeah. the what the waste actually is in proportion to what kind of fruit you're right. aiming for. Right. And if you're a homemaker, uh, you are intimately acquainted with the waste because that's the thing that you are always, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I think, though, that there are plenty of ways in which there is a lot of genuine waste in our modern world and it feels not the ones that we're complaining about most probably not because because like let's say you have a mother who spends six hours and 13 minutes on instagram every day Mm -hmm. like that is a genuine waste because at the end of that time what do you have to show for it probably glassy eyes and an envy problem i don't know it's like i becca Nobody tells me where it was that I told people that they're not allowed to look at Instagram decorating, but I, this seems like an easy time that I should that I should mention. Like you should get in there that and Rachel's provide position. Provide Rachel's, a footnote for all of the things people Rachel's were saying. Rachel's position is apparently I have been told that I tell everyone they're not allowed to get decorating ideas from Instagram. That's and, a funny um, thing because I've not heard you say that. I myself, Becca, Becca, let's be clear. The reason you have not heard me say that is because <laughs> I I do not say that. So that the reason there's a reason one of the problems. There's a reason. But you know what? But somebody, I'm sure I said something. Somebody with clever editing can easily make you say it right now, and they'll have. I know. Your, I'll say it right now. Women, you are <laughs> not allowed to look at decorating on Instagram. Never. Don't do it. No, this is the thing that I think you, what you just said is an envy problem. I'm sure I have talked about yeah. that cultivating an Instagram, uh, like where your whole life is actually on the, so like the social media is right. the thing that you're cultivating. I don't know. I just felt like if you brought it up, you gave me an opportunity to say yeah. a thing that I, I think, have been I think what I'm saying accused is of saying there that are I people haven't said. who spend a lot of time and energy and maybe emotional energy and everything and at the end of the day, there is no fruit. And that's because they've been farming chaff this whole time. Like, right. there's actually nothing. And I would say if you let your son become the kind of kid who can do nothing but video games, then it doesn't matter if he's working himself to the bone to get good at that, whatever. What, like, what fruit is there in that? And nothing, yeah. And so, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, the odd video game or looking at Instagram. It's just that there there certainly is a way to be very wasteful because what you've done... Like, so if you have a wheat field, there's going to be a lot of chaff, mm-hmm. right? Like, there just is. But the chaff is there because you're farming wheat. and But there are some people who seem to put all their effort into cheatgrass that yeah. is just... So, it's nothing but chaff. Like, so there's not going to be about anything this, like, when I brought up the... The, um, I think that this is 
this kind of connects to the Instagram thing or the whatever, is that where there's such a weird, for all of the content that's been provided everywhere in the world mm -hmm. for us, there's a really bizarre shortage of actual imagination and vision in the in a way that's actually real in your own life kind of like real in the place where you are like there's a lot of imagination that is more like more like a video game playing or like I've seen something that's somewhere else that I can imagine but there's a real bizarre shortage of um the reality of mm -hmm. what what would great fruitfulness and love of this place and these people look mm -hmm. like? And what mm -hmm. would this, you know, how would this grow yeah. over time? And what do I hope that my grandchildren like do intuitively or think of, like, what, what, what are we hoping to build? You know, like yeah. if we are pioneers, we're maybe you're doing your little, your little cultural Saudi, you know, you're living yeah. in a hole in the side of a hill. Yep. And but it's not because that's what you're hoping for forever. It's because you're trying to tame the land so that you could build a farm so that mm -hmm. you could have mm -hmm. children that grow up there who can then build their own homes and grow that yep. you know, like it's a much bigger scale thing than the where you are right now. So yep. like you're like in a little apartment somewhere. That's your little Saudi. You know, yep. you're in a little somewhere just starting out, but your vision should be much bigger for the for the for the people you are and the place that you are yeah. and where God's called you and not just like you look at things like say on Instagram of someone else's life in a very other circumstance yeah. that like that that captures your imagination yet it's nothing to do with you in a lot of ways like yeah and and I think there's a lot there because I think Instagram can be a phenomenal resource because there are designers that you can follow that you can really learn from yeah you know like really learn from and and that's a super practical thing there are people showing you how to make bread how to oh, knit yeah. how to garden how to like it's such a resource but it's also you could take the same tool and you could spend all your days absorbed in somebody else's drama that has no bearing on anything or just coveting it edifying or coveting it's not helping you the or... highly curated life that someone else is leading you know like yeah you could just have it be nothing but emptiness at the end of all the time you spent there or it could be like okay you oh, like are like you got like a good armed. recipe and you got yeah. a good idea and you, you have a vision and ready and you're like wait i know how i'm gonna make my table beautiful for mm -hmm. thanksgiving or i have a like yeah. here's what i'm yeah. gonna do i do and this is the thing i was gonna say when i was Probably four, maybe. Oh, they're not old. My grandma and granddad were living in their, in the trailer when they were building their house. Yeah, okay. Maybe four. My grandma, and I think my mom helped. I'm not sure. They made me a strawberry shortcake blanket. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that really spoke to me. <laughs> I didn't have any other strawberry shortcake anything. So I had no knowledge of strawberry shortcake as a as a character. But but on the fabric mm -hmm. there was some deep wow. Yeah. And at the same time in my life there was Holly Hobby. Oh yeah. Oh, she yeah. was a little bit older than 
than strawberry shortcake, but she had some of the same sort of scenes on fabric. Okay. And, okay. you know, like, where there were just these little portals into some universe that you were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you looked, <laughs> you look at it, and you're just yeah. like, this is a deep beauty. This is a yeah. mystery of yeah. some kind. Oh, yeah. Well, but it was your in, first experience of northern in, <laughs> Strawberry shortcake. Woo! Yeah, well, I'm not sure I understand either. Um, yeah, for Lewis, it was Balder the Beautiful is Dead is dead. dead. And for me, it was a strawberry shortcake blanket. Uh, I wouldn't have said it was really northernness, but there was something there. You know what I mean? Like, there was a de- there's something that's just like, this means everything. Like, and there were a lot of things mm-hmm. like that. From mm-hmm. Childhood is that way. It's yeah. full of so many things. Yeah. Like, that. you remember the popple? That grandma sewed me a popple. I don't know even what that is. So no. Well, the popple was some kind of a trend that took place. That was the <laughs> um, stuffed animals that you could turn around. They're like, like they had a pouch that was on their back somehow. They turn them around so they'd be like a ball. Like they they were popples. They would okay. be inside. You okay. pop them out. There'd be an animal. Okay. But instead of buying a name brand popple, grandma sewed me one. <laughs> I got an off, an off-brand handcrafted yeah. popple. Yeah, okay. and I don't think I was really. I think Grandma was more had her finger to the pulse of the trends because <laughs> I hadn't been yearning for a popple. I just got one. <laughs> um, whatever. Kit childhood has a lot of these sorts yeah. of things that are that yeah. are designed to kind of capture your imagination. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they do because you're ready for anything at that age. <laughs> yeah, you so, are. Yeah, so all of this is to say, I also had that lunchbox that had Care Bears on it. Yeah. And one of the Care yeah. Bears on the front was holding a lunchbox that had the same Care Bear picture oh, on it. And I felt yeah. like my lunchbox went to infinity of Care Bear <laughs> pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've had a nice, we've had a nice reminisce about this. But what I was really trying to say is that there are a lot of women for whom, um, I think social media presents that level of depth of like a picture of what it means to be a homemaker or yeah. something. And, and the problem is, and this is, this is like way back when I wrote loving the little years, uh, as far as I know, loving the little years was kind of the first book of that particular genre because uh, I mean, I just, maybe I didn't know of another one, but at that time when I wrote it, but the problem I had is that there was all these airy fairy pie in the sky Christian yeah. parenting things. They would be like, it is such a privilege to nurture and tend mm. to this little mm-hmm. spiritual being and how, yeah, yeah. how, and everything talks as though you have never laid your forehead on the kitchen counter to try <laughs> to sleep for a minute. <laughs> Like everything talks like you are yeah. in a Battenberg collar out by your rose arch oh. with a sunbonnet in one hand and an infant <laughs> in a christening gown in the other. <laughs> this was in the days when people were still putting wallpaper borders up of like repeated, you know, repeated windmills or something, sure. lighthouses, whatever. Sure. It was a different era when the Battenberg laces were a thing, really. Speaking of Battenberg, that was a, until you yeah. said that, I forgot all about that moment in mm-hmm. my life, which was like your, 
your Holly Hobby one, but it was later. Yeah. Because I was old enough to be like, now see here, I bet I could make Battenberg. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I really, really worked Gave through the issues of how could a person make a Battenberg. And of course, this is way before the internet. So I think I was like probably eighth grade. And, uh-huh. but Battenberg collars were a thing. Yeah. Like detachable, totally separate yeah. ones that you would Throw then. Throw a collar on. You'd put one and on this dress. At the same dress time and... as you might have a chintz, you could call it a jumpsuit, but it was more of a pants, balloon pants. Oh, yeah. With a. Like a bubble suit. Yeah. So, okay, but the thing that I wanted to say is that level of depth, people all over the place right now. And Chris, and I'm. I'm actually trying to say it's because I think more people who actually follow us. I'm not trying to say the whole internet. It's like in the world this of people, niche who, people in this world of people who are like homemakers and yeah. have children and I'm trying you know, to own the space. Yeah, yeah, that it is this bizarre kind of idyllic um, in the place where we would not ever bend so much as to own an ugly toy in our house. Oh yeah, um, we would not want to do like mittens you say they will be imported from sweden of boiled wool (laughs) and we would never stoop to gore-tex and velcro in this house (laughs) you know like that kind of thing but i think it's the shallow it's a shallow aesthetic vision that makes people think the whole life is supposed to be like that. It's like trying to imitate Holly Hobby or from, from something that really is like a two dimensional picture. And it just isn't honest about what's actually going on. And the reason I brought up loving the little years is because people either did this Battenberg lace rose arch, uh, a mother praying in the middle of the night hours over her tender babe in arms Or I believe it was Pamela Anderson that wrote a. Uh, You're joking. Uh, yeah, no, this is back when. So yeah, I think it was actually. I think that she wrote a. She was sort of the headmaster of the school of yucky thought about mothering. Like I mean, I think it was kind mm-hmm. of the where it was like, why did no one tell us about all of them? You know unsavory bits of being a mother and there were a lot of women who were singularly ill-equipped for what motherhood would actually mean Mm -hmm. by a romantic um that an overly romantic vision that was provided by you know here we have people making a like making it seem like you're gonna just be you know, floating through life in a worship song as you nurture mm-hmm. infants. Mm-hmm. And then there were women that came out of it and just bitter and ugly and gross about yeah. stuff. But there was nobody saying, as far as I knew, this is what I was at least trying to do, that there is such a thing as recognizing reality and also having real, true joy yeah. in it. That yeah. it is okay to know that your house is a mess sometimes the laundry is very hard to keep up with the you know like things are hard and yet it's still totally worth doing sometimes I think the thing you're describing though like you got your imagination captured by more than one thing but strawberry shortcake then you moved on you're not still there in the strawberry shortcake infatuation (laughs) what do you know Becca (laughs) but I did move on but 
it it's like don't despise the day of small beginnings you know because there are like I remember when we first started Sabbath dinner and none of us drank wine I mean like we hadn't grown up with that at all and so it was sort of a conscious move to be like okay we're gonna try this and mom started buying somebody recommended one for her to start us out on I think it was Balatori wasn't it Yep. And then and then she's like wine. Yeah, and then moving up to like she was just laughing yesterday remembering like yeah. the big bottles of yellow tail or whatever that she would mm-hmm. buy. And and it's like you start somewhere and then later you figure out, "Oh, okay, wait, there's a there's a better. There's one that's better. There's one or it's like when you're at the very beginning, you can't tell the difference between a really schlocky stupid poem and a really beautiful, amazing one, right? Mm-hmm. Because you just, you don't have the palette yet. And you can't tell the difference between, you know, AI art and real art. Um, but as soon as you, like, decide to start to get in, in kind of in whatever genre, and you start pursuing it, then you start seeing, like, oh, my goodness, I found the thing that that other thing was imitating this whole time. Well, that's actually where we can laughingly say that about about northernness, but it's not untrue. That right. what it was was not the flatness of Holly Hobby. It was something that those things conjure up that yeah. you could not even put right. your words around. Yeah. Like, what is it? And and there still are things like that. I'm like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and, but like, there's so many places to pursue and get better and refine your palate and figure things out and whatever. So it's like, yeah, somebody who oh, maybe... Oh, Brambley Hedge. That's oh, one that, that really hit one. the northernness. Yeah. Yeah. My, it's true. That hits but, the, if only I had a stump pantry (laughs) (laughs) but I do think that that like there are people who are maybe trying to live the whole life of Swedish mittens and it's it's the same thing of like okay you get into it and then you're gonna figure more out you know like you're gonna start somewhere and then you're gonna keep going Yeah, which is the problem would be if you stopped at strawberry shortcake and said thus far and no farther (laughs) I've found the golden pot well, at the end of the my, rainbow. I think my concern is more that that there's a lack of reality to what people are trying to do. Because sure. they're trying to imitate something that's two-dimensional yeah. with no actual trajectory, no actual, like... Um, but that's what I mean about... Relational like, threads that are going through it, like, yeah, that are pulling it, through this whole it's thing. It's just being, like, conned by the fake. And... And sometimes maybe, but sometimes I think it's the people who ought to be having a real time uh-huh, are uh-huh. trying. They're turning all of their focus onto creating a fake time. Yes, like I yes. have a friend who is good at things, you know, is is intuitive and was an early adopter of Instagram. Like, okay, when the users were in the hundreds, you know, when there are not okay. many. All right, and. And also because of having a spiritual compass in her life, noticed and was horrified by realizing that she could be very driven to like get up and get your kids dressed for Instagram. Sure. Because if you start looking all the time for like, I'm looking for pretty photo opportunities or, oh, today I should put this girl in that so I could take her picture with this and where it's a way of 
shortening and making shallow what you're actually doing. Like that the the whole purpose in getting up and getting your little kids dressed for the day and looking sweet should not be to cultivate a persona, a two dimensional persona somewhere. It's their actual childhood. It's their actual, like you're and because what I was saying, if you're spiritually aware of yourself, this is why she stopped doing Instagram, right? It's because like, actually, Oh, I have the capacity to make my life much less than it ought to be by doing this. And it would feel like more to most women because you would be getting likes. You would be getting feedback about Mm -hmm. what you're doing. You would not feel like you're offering into the void something because you're actually offering it to public approval. You're actually, uh, instead of feeling like offering the work in your home to God and asking him to bless it, you're offering a thin slice of your work to the public asking them to heart it. Like, would you guys please give me affirmation on this point? And it's just, it's just the same old problem where you can use the same exact tool for good or for ill. And sometimes on the face of it, you really don't know which way it's going because totally there's plenty of people who could be like inspired by Instagram to try to do much better in their daily life, which is actually why I'm trying to do the dancing backwards thing, because it's like, you know, like there's ways of saying, here's an idea. To be clear, I all, well, not very often, but I also post upon the Instagram. I'm not afraid of people doing something like that. And and you want to use it the right way. And so somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to do this because I want it to make me a better housewife or whatever. That's one thing. Or there's somebody who is making their actual life hollow because everything's crafted for this hollow I will media. say, I'm just going to say, I know I have said this before, but if you are a mother and you are posting on social media things about your home and your life and your children um, of any kind, I would just like to tell you right now that your children grow up fast and be advised that whatever they see that you've been doing, you want them to look at it and think it was, it was a honest and truthful representation of what they lived through. Oh my word. I know. Uh, and the reality is I think it's usually not. Yeah. I think, you know, and you think you don't want to, and I've said this, I've said this about Ezra, like he's our son. He's not, he's not a, I don't mind with all of my kids. I'm happy to share periodically. There will be a family photo or something, but I'm not, I don't want any of my children to be like, and now I've come of age and find out that everyone I meet at somewhere has already seen the pictures of my bedroom and my life. And they know that I struggled with math the most in (laughs) third grade. And then I got better at it. And I won the, like, it's not, their life does not belong to everyone else. Their home does not belong to everyone else. Like, it's privacy yeah. and and these are very important things. And, and their outfits that they wore every day is not something that we need to be living for. You know what I mean? Like, we need to be, um, I'm just saying, your kids actually grow up quite fast. And... In a hot second, they will have the capacity to look at how you've represented their life. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh they may be like, that's odd. 
I didn't grow up in a house like this. Like right. I didn't experience this. You know, I didn't. And that's just the kind of thing that I'm like, we should well, all be aware of that. that. There's multiple ways to be a hypocrite. Every time there's a new, a new update in technology, there's going to be a new way to be a hypocrite. A and fresh new way. I actually, I this is our joke at our house that I tell Luke all the time. I am perfectly positioned to ruin everything. <laughs> and all of us Absolutely. always are. Like, and we always need to see our own petty sin or desires as being the way that we could ruin it all. Like, this yeah. is the way, if I cultivated that, yeah. I could ruin everything. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's good to just have a good... <laughs> honest take on guess who and you know what here we are it's right before Thanksgiving guess who is perfectly positioned to ruin everything all of us absolutely we um, could all absolutely. we could all make this a Thanksgiving of doom for the family or we could make it a blessing to the people right around us yep indeed I think I know which one I would prefer to do and I feel like sometimes the Lord is so kind because if you actually are wanting to honor him and do well and some holidays coming up something is you know some moment is coming up he gives you like if you're really seeking to be prepared the Lord gives you hints yeah. he gives you the heads up yeah. about what you need to be you know like okay yeah. alright here's where I need to be Here's where I need to confess some things. Here's where I need to bolster my faith. Here's yeah. how I'm going to approach this. And just, you know, God is so good to us through, through when you're actively seeking him. I mean, it really is draw near unto him and he'll draw near unto you. You know, like yeah. this, if you're seeking him, there's so much actual, very personal guidance that the Holy Spirit provides. Yeah. Um, and that is like... I'm talking about Thanksgiving, but go back to thinking about your what you're doing with your vision for your home. If you actually start seeking God's will on specific things, like mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit will convict you of things that are not good. Like if you're like, please show me if I'm being a hypocrite with something. Yeah. Show me if I'm having a shallow hope for my children that will just look like we're together for long enough to post a picture and then I don't care what happens you know mm -hmm. like just seek the Lord in those things and he is so kind to actually answer and to and he's so kind to not answer all at once because that is really <laughs> where we would all just be dead We'd be crushed sanctification <laughs> is crushed it's by so own inadequacies <laughs> woo doggy and that's what yeah like we would be if we knew it all. But instead, he gives us the next step, right? Like the next thing that's like, like follow me here. Yeah. Uh, and it's always, and I can think of different times in our life where that, what I knew to be the next faithful step, did not sound like something I wanted to do at all. Oh, for sure. You know, and you're like, well, I think I know the answer. Or, but the problem is I'd like to do it. I'd like to do the problem again because I don't like the you answer. You don't like it. Mm -hmm. And you don't think it's possible, and the whole thing is terrible and stupid and the worst. Uh huh. But then again, you kind of know. But you actually do know, and there and, it is. That's and the that's thing. the thing that it's like God actually does give us sufficient grace to do the thing that He calls us to do, 
And it's funny on how many levels we like to fight that. We like to fight that he's calling us to do something. We like to fight that it would be a good idea. We like to fight that, you know, we on every level. But if we just faithfully do it, his grace is more than sufficient. And it's so encouraging. Yep. Like, such yep. a blessing uh, when you stop digging your heels in and yep. instead begin, like... And really, almost always, in my experience, when you decide to just face up to it and start... It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's sort of... It's like a real treat of, of like, hey, this isn't anywhere near as bad as I was expecting. And, in fact kind of fun. No, and not just like, and totally delightful, like totally encouraging, delightful, uh, kind of like gives you a different vision for what you're supposed to be doing. Like one of the really sweet things is sometimes you feel like you're in a little bit of a log jam of some kind. Yeah. And then, or maybe just a drudge. Like sometimes there will be something that's like, we decided at some point, but it was actually a long time ago, but we decided a long time ago that this was going to be our strategy here. You know, this is yeah. going to be our MO. This is what we're doing. And then you've put however much time into that. And sometimes it can feel like it's just been a lot of time and a lot of work and like whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Lord provides some glimpse of the fruit that is actually yeah. being growing in this orchard yep. and it is like breathtakingly encouraging yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because sometimes I mean you really there just are different seasons in all different kinds of things but like this is happens so often where someone is like oh you know we're having marriage problems and you're like you need to respect your husband you need to apologize for your own sin and stop getting in this weird battle of not wanting to acknowledge your weak, you know, like yeah. not wanting to release the news that you noticed you've done something bad, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And, and you're kind of like, and you need to do this without thinking that when you do that, you are owed an apology immediately. Like the fruit should be there right yeah. now. It's going to yeah. actually be, you have to continue in the same direction right. for a while. And you need to continue because the Lord wants you to, not because you're, you're planning to get something. It's not like yeah. putting money in a vending machine. Yeah. Uh, but when you're, when you're doing it, you're like, it doesn't matter. And you're like, I'm doing this because I know it's faithful. When God gives us those glimpses of what he's doing it, in my experience, it has always been vastly bigger and vastly more glorious than what I would have thought was the ultimate outcome. Right. Like you're right. like, okay, fine. Yeah. Let's obediently do whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and you're somehow thinking, and maybe if all goes according to plan, we'll get ourselves a little piece of a brownie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you're the reward yeah. you think is not a very big reward. Yeah. And then the Lord gives it to you as a foretaste of something that mm -hmm. is just so much His doing and not yeah. ours. And I think it's yeah. just. I feel like so many of us are trading out those actual long-term fruitful, glorious gifts from God mm -hmm. for things that are cheaply satisfying right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like little likes on the Instagram or little, yep. um, 
you know, feeling good about your, I don't know. You know what I mean? Something yep. that's yep. just much smaller than mm-hmm. what we ought to be going for. Absolutely. Well, I need to go. I have to pick somebody up. But okay. Do you have a parting tip? Um, a parting tip. Yeah. Well, it's just what I just said. Which is it? Actively seek the Lord in the things that you're doing as habits or defaults. And not actively seek him like where you make a long argument from, well, the Bible says that women are to be keepers of the home. And so whatever, kind of like I just put everything under that umbrella of that's me being obedient rather than closely walking with God and actually, and, and actually looking for guidance on things that are little, like in details in your life. Yeah. And because I think it is, it's like we do without a huge amount of encouragement that we have accessible to us, a huge amount of grace and a huge amount of encouragement. And we're like, whatever, I'm just going to pursue it. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So that's it. All right. Bye-bye. Until next time.